0: A few years ago, when they had the uh, Siam conclusion of the entire Talmud, there was a policeman standing there on the side, and uh, someone uh, started talking to him and said to him, uh, Are you Jewish? He says, Yes, I'm Jewish. Are you planning on studying the Talmud? Because the celebration was the conclusion of the Talmud. Mm-hmm. And the policeman said, No, I'm just a small man. I'm not knowledgeable or anything. I'm just, I'm just small. So the person he said this to said to the policeman, you don't need to be a big man to start something. You need to start something in order to become a great man. So those words really touched this policeman, and he actually began studying the Talmud, and he concluded the Talmud. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to see how to start something. It's never too late to start something, and it's never too late to be who you are. Today we're going to see from our Torah portion a wondrous thing, how a woman changed all our people and the whole world, and we're going to see how every part of these events are part of a puzzle that really encompasses millennia. The Torah says that when the Pharaoh, the paro, uh heard from his astrologers that the Future redeemer of the Jewish people was a boy, and how this boy was his fate was going to be uh, to be he would, he would he would pass away through water. He decided to throw all the Jewish boys in the Nile River, and all of Egypt is looking for this boy. Who is this boy? Who the astrologers see is going to dethrone the pharaoh and take over and redeem the jewish people who is this guy and it's as if out of a movie right in front of his eyes a boy who is sleeping in the pharaoh's bed um and he's constantly in the palace he is the one right in front of the pharaoh's eyes he is the one who is indeed is the one that will eventually dethrone the pharaoh and cause all the jewish people to uh to be redeemed it gives us an insight into uh what we recite every morning in our prayers Rabbeis Machshavis Blavish. Man has many thoughts, but really, what God's plan is what makes things happen. So, who was this woman who defied the Pharaoh's decree and caused this young man to stay alive? It was the Pharaoh's own daughter, the princess, and her real name, or more accurately, the name she was given at birth, was Tamutit, and. There is a story that we're all familiar with, but it's really fascinating how the story has a new light, a new layer, a new dimension, based upon uh, halacha, based upon Jewish law, and the, how the codifiers of um, or the Chaver Goyen and the, the um, Ben Chai and others see a whole different realm in this simple story. What happened was is that she decided to go bathe in the river, and it's really interesting how she ch- chose to the river for her bathing because archaeologists have discovered in the mansions and the, and the castles and of, of the various pharaohs these beautiful bathhouses that they had which were very advanced in their time. And she had all of her you know, assistants and servants and slaves, and yet she chose to bathe in the river. And the Talmud says that the reason she chose to bathe in the river is because she wanted to convert to Judaism. But why did she want to convert to Judaism? Today you meet all kinds of people who have very interesting reasons of why they decide to convert to Judaism. People meet Jews and they are impressed by different things about Jews that inspires them to convert. One woman said that she wanted to convert to Judaism because she just liked how Jews look on Shabbat. They come out in their Shabbos fine clothing. She says, ah, this is what I want to be. This I want to be part of that. But at that time, the Jewish people were in their in a very low state spiritually and physically. They were slaves to the Egyptians. And yet, for some reason, she decided that she wanted to be part of the Jewish people. She wanted to reject the idols that she was used to, that she grew up with. And that's why she chose to bathe in the river. Why? So there is an interesting nuance, an angle of why the pharaoh decided to throw all the Jewish boys in the Nile River specifically to kill them. Why, why of all places, the river? Uh, one reason is, is that he wanted... To uh, he, he as I mentioned before, the astrologer said that Moses was going to die through some event associated with water. What they did not know was was that this was a a prop this was what they saw, as Maimonides says, which night is the actually anniversary of passing of Maimonides twentieth of Tavis Maimonides says that those who see the stars see things, but they don 't know what they 're seeing and they 're just hit or miss they don 't really know. Uh, for sure, what they're seeing. So they saw something happening with Moses in the future with water, but they didn't actually know what was going to happen. So therefore, the Pharaoh said, okay, throw the Jewish boys in the water. But another reason why he wanted to kill Moses specifically with water was because uh, the the Nile River was his God. He worshipped the Nile River, as all the Egyptians did. The, the Nile River provided uh, irrigation for all the fields, and they worshipped the, the Nile River, they worshipped nature, among other gods, and so he wanted to destroy. He wanted to destroy Moses, the one who was his his challenger to the to the throne. With his God, he wanted to use his God to defend himself. But what was going on in Batya's mind? Why did she want to go to their river to bathe? Why specifically uh, to bathe in this river? So it actually says in Jewish law that in order for uh, something that's worshiped by idol worships idol worshipers uh, to become kosher for usage the idol worshipers have to denounce this their idolatry you're not if, if idolaters serve something as their idolatry you're not allowed to have any benefit from it there's only one way you could have benefit from it and that is if they themselves denounce this idol there is this uh, school in Yavne. In um sorry in, in Belgium, called Yavne, they purchased this uh, this Christian um, church to be used for their school, and they had a big issue. They because the stage was an altar, and they wanted to use it for their school. And in order for it to uh, be co- to kosherize it, need to hi- hire a Christian to uh, to destroy the altar. Because only if the Christian destroys the altar, if a Jew can't do it, a Christian, someone who believes in it, has to destroy it. Someone who wears all the all their their clothing, and if he Denounces the idolatry, then all of a sudden the idolatry is now no longer considered uh, forbidden to be used. So how do you? You can't really find a Jew, God forbid, willing to burn a Torah scroll. But for five thousand francs, they're able to find someone, hire someone to uh, to smash their altar. And in fact, the guy took the sledgehammer and. And they told me you did it already. You're gonna get the money. He's like, no, no, no. Let me finish the job. And he kept on smat. He kept on hitting the hitting the altar for um, for, for for the francs, for the money. So here, she the Torah says actually that Bati, the daughter of the Pharaoh, didn't just want to bathe in the river. She didn't just want to remove whatever dirt was on her body in this idol. She wanted to. Uh, she also at that time was afflicted with Tsaras. She had a uh, disease and she wanted specifically to to break the idol to destroy the idol as the Torah says you can only only someone who had previously believed in the idol is able to remove the idol from its status and therefore allow people to benefit from it because the Torah says you're not, well, not you're not allowed to benefit from an idol so she specifically chose to disgrace the idol and thus to remove it from the status of being an idol. And, she decided, she wants to be Jewish. And the way she became Jewish, was by, leaving all of her idols, and entering into, a new relationship with God. That's why she's called Batya. Batya, she lost her name of Tamutit. And by entering the water that day, she became Batya. Batia means a daughter of God. And that's why, the first plague that God brought to the Egyptians was the transformation of the water of the Nile River to blood. That plague was really a continuation of what Batya started. Her seemingly tiny action of just taking a bath in the Nile River and demoting and showing that this, this, this big God that everyone believes in is really nothing, she actually caused the first step of the redemption of Egypt when later God transformed the water of the Nile River to, to blood. So this is something which really has a lot of value for us as people and as Jews. Uh, very often, you, know, you might think, I'm doing one tiny little action, and what where will this go? What will it accomplish if I put my hand over someone's shoulder and encourage them? It's just you know just in one moment and it goes away. What am I really doing? What am I really accomplishing? There was this woman named uh, Michelle Bellinis, and she wrote a book, and in order to promote, her, to promote her book, she took a picture of herself with her book, and she put it on her, fa- on her social media, and she got an email the next day. This guy sends her an email and says, is this your picture? And she was like wondering, like, what? It's like a strange kind of uh, email, is this your picture? And so, so she thought, like, not to respond to it, but... Some voice in her said, "Just respond to. It. Just answer the guy." So she, this guy Yonatan Blum had sent her this email, and she responds, "Yes, it's weird, but she answered the email." She said, "Yes, it's me. I'm very." Uh, and so he responds to her email, "Thank you for answering me because I see this chut, this little line in your neck, and I'm afraid that you may have a growth there." And she actually. Um, spent some time doing various tests. And after a few days, they actually discovered that this was true. And this wasn't the first time that this guy had done this. He'd actually uh, saved another person by looking in the picture of someone and seeing something which no one else realized. And, you know, the guy could have said to himself, uh, it's embarrassing, why should I enter this discussion? Why should I point this out? But um, he... He said, "I could help someone, and it's possible I could save their life." And he, it's it's really a, the the character trait the Torah described as and tovah, have a good eye, not just a physical good eye, but to look at what God sends your way and realize that when Hashem sends your way, is meant for you to do something. And we have to ask ourselves, do we ever do this? We have a voice in our head about something that could get done, something that, that we can make a difference in. Do we actually take the opportunity? The Torah says, when a mitzvah comes your way, al tachmit sana, don't delay an opportunity to do a mitzvah. And as the theme of this class is tonight, it's never too late to start something. It's never too late to be who you are. So let's understand the perspective of Batya. Why did she want to convert to Judaism? Why did she want to nullify her idol? Where did this come from? Who was she? So there's a fascinating book written by the great Kabbalist Arizal. The Arizal says, that Batya, the daughter of the Pharaoh, was actually a reincarnation of Chava, of Eve. Just like it says about Eve, that Eve was called uh, the mother of all life and she was made by God's hands, so too Batya is called the daughter of God. So Batya is a reincarnation of Eve. That's why she's called Batya. Eve was made by the hands of God, and Batya is called the daughter of God. So she had in her a spark, a, a soul, in her inner voice that came from a previous uh, incarnation in Eve. And what was, what was the greatness of, of Batya? Her greatness was, when she had that voice in her, she had that spark in her that came from previous incarnation. She didn't say to herself, okay, this is one idea of many. This is one one of thousands of ideas that I could do. But she listened to that voice. And she didn't listen to all the green demons in her head who said to her, you know, there's all these other people worshiping these idols. Why do you have to be different? You're the daughter of the Pharaoh. Why don't you follow what everyone else is doing? Um, But what she did actually... um, She actually caused not just salvation for our people, but really salvation for herself in this small action of going to the Nile River and rejecting all of the, those, those false idols that she had believed in previously. So, what's, so if she's Eve, that's her previous incarnation, who was Moses? So it actually says that Moses was reincarnation of Adam. And just like Adam in his soul, Adam's soul was sort of like a mother soul or a father soul, in his soul there were all the souls of all those who would eventually be born. So to a test about Moses, he is called the head of the Jewish people. He has in his soul all of the souls that will ever be born. So look at this puzzle that we've now uh, created. Batya is reincarnation of Eve. She is the oldest daughter of the Pharaoh and she is a reincarnation of Eve. And what did Eve do? Eve was the one who caused Adam to eat from the tree. She may add good intentions, as we learned in other classes, but she actually caused death to mankind. And God always gives us another chance, maybe not in the same lifetime. So she had this opportunity now to redeem the world. She caused, Eve caused death to the world, and now God gave her another chance to redeem the world. And when she was standing there by the riverbanks, and she sees the, the basket... And she is questioning herself, do I want to really go and bathe in the Nile River, bathe in this God that everyone believes in? For sure her evil inclination, for sure her Yetzirah said to her, stop, you shouldn't do this, this is a mistake. But she rejected that voice, and she went and she bathed in the Nile River, and she made that step. So we are also, as Darizal says, most souls are reincarnations. Most souls have are recycled, have been here before. So, so many times... You know, I know personally I have a to do things and I push some things off and the truth is that we have to pay attention to things that God sends our way. I'll tell you an incredible story. There was this man who uh, heard about this parcel of land for sale in South Africa where many uh, miners had said that there are diamonds to be found in, through their sophisticated equipment. They discovered this soil is actually uh, a really fertile soil to find diamonds. So he invested a lot of money. He got this made this got this little hut on the land. And he stayed there for three years digging and digging and digging, trying to find the diamonds, unsuccessfully. And then this other company called Sendicat. Sendacat is a large firm that is has lots of money and they 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 um, they bought the land and they um, invested in this land, they bought their people and their tools and their and their mining tools, and guess what? They discover the diamonds. Where were the diamonds? They didn't need his hut. They had hotels, they stayed in the hotels. They took his hut, they destroyed the hut, and they found the diamonds under the hut. So this guy, whenever he recounts a story, he kills himself, he just eats himself. What did I do? I could have had all these diamonds. The diamonds were, I was sitting on the treasure. So we don't see the treasure, we don't really see the opportunity that God sends our way and the message that we're getting from this Torah portion is to grab the opportunities, to grab them. It it comes your way. It says in the Torah that even if you can't see something, there's a part of you that sometimes can. Your mazel can see something. So Bati had no idea what she was doing when she put her hand down. She saw Moses' basket at a distance. The Torah actually says that her hand could not possibly have even reached the basket. The miracle happened and she put her hand out and her hand extended far, far away to be able to get the basket. But it didn't even make sense for her to try even and the miracle wasn't that her hand grew. The miracle was that she tried. And we haven't even finished her her story. There's so much more to the story about who she was in her incarnation. Let's think about this. What day did this happen? So she's incarnation of of Eve. She saves Moses who is reincarnation of Adam. What day did this happen? So the Torah says that when um, Amram, the father of Moses, uh, heard about the Pharaoh's decree, he decided to separate from his wife. And why have a child if the child's going to be killed? And his daughter Miriam says, Dad, you're worse than the Pharaoh. Pharaoh's decree only only causes the boys to die. But if you um, separate yourself from your wife, you're causing there to not be anyone at all, any boys or girls to be born. He remarries his wife. And as because he was a leader of the Jewish people, When he remarried, it caused all the Jewish people to follow suit and everyone to remarry. And the Egyptians paid close attention to their home after seven months because they, um, after nine months they were looking to see is there anyone going to be born in this home. And Moses was a preemie. Moses was born at the end of seven months, on the 7th of Adar. And they were able to keep him at home for three months until three months later what day of that was that that's three months later three months later was the sixth of sivan what happened the sixth of sivan that is the day that god gave us the torah so on this fabulous day of blessing the day that god gave us the torah specifically on that day on that day bati was inspired she left her idols and she converted on that very same day God gave us the Torah. What's a, What does it say in the Torah? The first two commandments that God gave us at Mount Sinai that we heard directly from, the only two commandments we heard from God himself. Believe in God. I'm Lord your God took you out of Egypt and don't have any other gods. So she was entering into a covenant with God herself on the same day that all of us did at Mount Sinai. So the astrologers, and as a result of this, by the way, the astrologers, that they also annulled their decree. The astrologers previously had said that the Jewish boy just needs to be thrown in the Nile River and get and get rid of him and then and we'll be we will be rid of this possible challenge to your throne. So on this day, the astrologers suddenly saw in the stars, wherever they were looking, that there's no reason to worry about Moses anymore. In other words, all of whatever message they got, whatever whatever contention, whatever challenge there was to Moses was eradicated. The idolatry was eradicated. Their astrology and their uh, idolatry stopped being a threat to Moses. So that's why it was the Pharaoh that was making this decree. Who was the Pharaoh? It says in this week's Haftorah that the Pharaoh was called a snake. Why is he called a snake? So the Talmud says he's called a snake because he bit us. So the Pharaoh is the snake... Moses is Adam and Batia is Eve so that's why it says that when God sent Moses to the Pharaoh it says his staff turned into a snake and from the staff it from the snake it turned back into a a staff in other words Moses' mission to the Pharaoh was to take away his venom and his ability to hurt the Jewish people and to make and turn him back into a staff where did that staff come from by the way that staff so it's unbelievable. The same one who seduced Eve and and caused problems for Eve and controlled Eve and controlled Adam. That same one, that same person, the Pharaoh, who is the incarnation of the snake, he is now he is now um, under because of his daughter Bati, who was reincarnation of Eve, and through the influence of Moses, he is now under he is now um, no longer a threat to the Jewish people. In fact, Moses is sending all of these plagues to him and destroying all of his his power so before the snake controlled them and now adam and eve in their new reincarnation are controlling are controlling the snake controlling the pharaoh so the moment she saved moses she gave the the ability to moses to adam to control that snake to control that but where did the staff come from this is amazing the staff that Moses had, the Talmud says, didn't originate at that time. This staff actually was a gift that God gave to who? To Adam. When Adam left the Garden of Eden and he had to come into this world, God gave Adam this staff. Why did he give him this staff? Because going into the world and dealing with the challenges of this, of this world, he needed protection. And therefore God gave him this staff, of the staff of God, to as protection so there are no accidents in hebrew the word for accident is mikra mikra is made up of four letters the words rack only from god so we don't always see how everything comes from god we see a lot of coincidence it seems like things are coincidence but the truth is that every part of our story is a part of our lives and part of the story of creation even if we can't see the order there is an order so when a mitzvah comes your way again don't delay that is meant for you at this moment so continuing on the story is unfinished who does Batya marry Batia later marries Kalev who was Kalev Kalev was the one who had this tremendous force to challenge all of those who went to the land of Israel and came back and said we can't conquer the land of Israel Israel is too strong the giants the land of Israel will not let us conquer them Kalev got up and he silences them and says, "Oh, Nala, we will go up and we will go higher and we will inherit the land." He had the same. He exhibited the same force, the same power, as as Batya, and that's why the Talmud calls Moses Batya's son, even though she wasn't. Uh, he wasn't uh, Batya's son, but even more, the name that we're even using to talk about Moses. Moshe Rabbeinu, where does the name Moshe come from? wasn't well, the name he was given at birth? There are various opinions what his name was. Some say his name was Yucatiel. But we don't call him Yucatiel. No one calls him Yucatiel. We all call him Moses. Where do we get that name from? We get the name from Batya. The word Batya means daughter of God. God said because you raised Moses and you adopted him and you made him your child, because you made someone who wasn't your child to be your child, God says I'll do the same thing and I'm going to make you my child. God says you Batia are going to be my child. You're going to be Batia. So the Zohar says that Batya ended up meriting to be in the highest place in Gan Eden in heaven, in a merit, in merit of, of what she had done for Moses and our people and all over the world. So this teaches us as soon as you get an inspiration for something, again, don't wait. That voice is coming from somewhere. It may be a voice from your soul, from a previous incarnation. The Radvaz, the famous uh, Posek. He was once asked the following question. The question was asked like this. This guy was imprisoned and his captor said to him, you can leave prison one day a year. So that means one day you could practice Judaism as you see fit. What day should he should you choose if you have one day a year to act like a Jew? What would you choose? Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Simchat Torah. You know what he chose? He asked Radvaz, what day should I choose? Radvaz says, as soon as you can as soon as you can. A mitzvah comes to your hand, al-tach So, and not just to do the mitzvah one time, but to realize that where you're going is part of your growth. With that mitzvah that you take upon yourself, that you decide to go do something, realize that it's not just a one-time thing, but this is part of where you're going as a Jew, as someone with a part of God in them, and this is, the message that Maimonides says so again, the anniversary of passing Maimonides is tonight, Maimonides says that before you do anything before you say anything, before you think anything you have to realize that your next word, next thought, next action could tip the scale and bring the Mashiach to the world so this is the message we get from batia to not to delay any, anything that we're able to do and to take the opportunity and to tip the scale anyways The anniversary of the 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 passing of the Tzaddik is a time when his soul goes to a higher place, brings salvation upon the world. May his Neshama cause tremendous blessing to all our people. And we should see, as the acronym of the word Rambam is, tremendous miracles in the land of Egypt, even before the redemption from Egypt, there were tremendous miracles then. And so may we see today miracles of God with the coming of Mashiach.